On to the phone lines we go because uh, Howard Balzer joins us now. And Howard, good to have you on the show. And uh, as always, and, and let's start with the topic that I get asked the most Do you know when Kyler Murray might play in 2023? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could come up with a lot of dates that he might play, but in yeah. terms of when he will, certainly that's, that's a big question. And, and, you know, one of the things about it, I mean, if we look at the timeline that these norms that these things normally take, then, you know, we're looking at sometime in September, possibly October, you know, it could be after four games, you know, but, but here, here's the, here's the one overriding issue, Bobby, that is a big part of this is that whenever he gets out on the field to play for the first time means he will have also had to have a certain amount of practice in running the new offense and getting comfortable doing what he's, doing the things he's going to do, and granted, practice is never truly like a game, but it, it, it obviously is important. And so the question becomes, with his injury, is when will the Cardinals put him on the field to practice? And is there the possibility, there's this thing in the NFL called the physically unable to perform list, which many mm-hmm. players go on at the beginning of training camp when they have an injury from the past year, previous year, and can't pass a physical. Well, when you're on that list, you're still on the active roster at the beginning of camp, but you're not allowed to practice. You can come off that list at any time. Once you get to the cut down to 53, then the team has to make a decision. Are, do you come off it, or do you go on it, and then you can't play or practice for four weeks after that? So I'm going to be very intrigued by what the, how the Cardinals handle that. Will they decide not to put him on that list at the beginning of camp just so he can do some things if he's capable of during training camp? Or will they then, if he's on it, will they then decide to not keep him on it at the start of the season so he would be available to practice? But you know the question there is that how do you get realistic practice if you're not going to play in games at the beginning of the season? You're not going to get a whole lot of practice because you've got to get the number one quarterback ready at that point who's going to be playing in games. So that's what complicates, to a degree, this entire situation in terms of trying to figure out when he might be able to actually go on the field and play in the game. Yeah, Murray has been rehabbing to some extent, to a large extent, in Arizona at the Cardinals facility. Considering his history of uh, spending, spending much of his previous off-seasons in Texas and the stuff last season, about his you know, commitment to football, are you surprised he's been here with this high level of uh, high level of frequency? I'm, I'm not that surprised that he's been here. I'm sure the organization obviously <laughs> communicated very strongly how they wanted him here. But the other part of it is, and of course, he was there, you know, during OTAs and minicamp, not doing anything, but at least you know, a lot of time being out in the field and observing and watching and being with the quarterbacks and all that. But there's also Bobby a million reasons why he was at the off-season program and, you know, rehabbing also. But being at the, at the off-season program earned him a $1 million roster bonus. And or not a, not a, 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 whatever you want to call it, performance bonus, you know, off-season bonus, whatever it is, is a million bucks. And it was always interesting to me that in the whole Kyler Murray discussion last year when he signed the new contract and then had all the – all the controversy over the homework clause and all that. But overlooked in it was the fact that the Cardinals put in that deal in the new six years in the contract over $9 million 
of incentive clauses to attend the off-season program, which I thought was, in some ways, you know, you know, also, I don't know, I don't want to say an indictment, but, but, but also, you know, a message to him that hey, you need to be at this off-season program, but they had to put a financial incentive in there uh, to do that, and so that, so no, I was not surprised that he was there. The question will be now in these remaining five, six weeks until training camp, will he continue to rehab here in, here in Arizona under the eyes of the doctors here? Hopefully he will, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. Colt McCoy, he had some injury issues at the end of the last season himself. Is he automatically running with the ones at, uh, when training camp starts at the end of the next month? I'm sorry, who did you ask about? Colt McCoy. Yeah, I, w- I would say he's definitely. I mean, he's been with the ones all through the OTA, all, all the OTA, o- OTAs that we were able to see, which was about four of the ten, and then in the two mini camp uh, uh, practices uh, last week, he w- he was with the ones the entire time. So I-, I would think absolutely he's the number one. Does that mean that nobody can overtake him? I guess you can never say never, but it would surprise me if one of the other guys on the roster, you know, shows that they're more capable than Colt McCoy uh, to be the starter. I know there's a lot of a lot of chatter about the rookie Clayton Tune and hey, you know, if he, you know, why not put him out there? He's a young guy, give him some experience. Well, you know, who's to say that he's going to be in command of the offense enough to to, you know, to, to at least play solid, consistent competitive football. So, I would say it's McCoy and I'd be very surprised if it's anyone other than him to open the season, but once again, you better have Whoever it's going to be, whether it's Toon or David Blau or Jeff Driscoll, whoever it is, they they better be ready because we know that when Colt McCoy has been, you know, the quarterback over the last couple of years, he's had some injuries of his own, and so you know that's something obviously you have to be prepared for. Speaking of the offense, you know, new head coach, new GM, do we have a good idea or any idea what the offensive scheme is and what the priorities are with that offense? Well, there's been a lot of talk, talk, Bobby, about concentrating and focus on the running game and that that is going to be, you know, everyone we've talked to during this offseason has, has mentioned that, whether it's James Conner, whether it's Will Hernandez, whoever it might be, that there seems to be a much more, much more of an emphasis on the running game. We've seen, you know, more snaps with the quarterback under center in the practices that they've had than certainly, you know, we've seen in the past. So that's all well and good. To be to want to be able to establish the run, but as we all know, you better be able to pass the football if you're going to be able to run successfully and get any production out of it. So to me, that's the biggest question with this offense right now is is, is throwing the football with a very small receiving core, at least in the top three guys returning. Uh, Michael Wilson has done some nice things in the preseason, uh, as has Zach Pascal. They've got a little more height on them, which is a good thing. At the C, uh, you also have Trey McBride at tight end. We're we're not sure about Zach Ertz. When is when is he going to be ready after his ACL uh, last year? But he's been running around and looking pretty good uh, on the side in the practices that that the Cardinals have had. So I think it's you know it, it's going to be very interesting to watch this offense and to see if the offensive line can play at a high level, figuring out who's going to be the center, who's going to be the left guard. Paris Johnson worked almost exclusively in the offseason at right tackle, 
with Kelvin Beecham not being there for the first couple of weeks of OTAs. And then even when Beecham was there, uh, Johnson was with the first unit. So does he stay there at right tackle with Beecham being a swing guy? What about Josh Jones at tackle? Might they put Johnson at left guard? Who knows? You know, who knows what it's going to look like when they get to week one? But I think those are the big questions with this team in terms of running or passing is having some consistency and stability on that offensive line. Howard Balzer, who covers the Cardinals for PHNX.com, currently in the sports zone. Okay, Jonathan Gannon is a defensive dude. He doesn't quite have the talent that he had in Philadelphia. What might be um, the scheme? I assume it's somewhat similar scheme-wise as what they were trying to do in Philadelphia. You know, it's interesting, Bobby, because what we saw a lot of is more 3-4 looks. There was some 4-3. It was kind of mixed, but there were some 3-4 looks, which you know would seemingly be you know looking at the guys they have as pass rushers that were three, four guys, you know, coming back, whether it's Dennis Gardeck, whether it's, you know, Majai Sanders, you know, Cameron Thomas, uh, you know, Victor Daimukeje. And then, of course, they drafted B.J. Ojolare. And so it's gonna, that's another intriguing thing that until they're really playing games, are we going to really be able to figure out what they're doing? But I know this, when, when Jonathan Gannon was asked about it and he didn't want to be pinned down on, quote, what the scheme is, but when one time was asked, well, is it 4-3? Is it 3-4? Is it a mix? And he said, all of the above. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> Smart you know, guy. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I think we're going to see a lot of mixing and matching in there. I, there's some questions certainly on the defensive line and stopping the run of what, how effective they can be at doing that. They certainly don't have a Fletcher Cox or a Javon Hargrave on the line, which the you know guys that the Eagles had. Uh, last year so yeah the, the talent overall on this defense is not what Philadelphia had uh, but you know they they did sign a whole bunch of hungry guys on one and two year contracts that are coming in trying to compete uh, for jobs and I think it's it's going to be very interesting to see I mean you know you got Kaiser White from the Eagles he's going to be a factor on the inside uh, Chris Boyd uh, Woods and the guy they signed from um uh, from the from the Lions, Josh Woods is you know is a guy who got a lot of reps you know with the top units during during the preseason. So it'll be very interesting to see how productive that defense can be with not a lot of real top line talent that we see right now. All right, the uh, off season is often experimentation time for really pretty much a lot of teams, if not every team. Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins lined up in different spots the last few weeks um where might they be positioned once they put the pads on yeah that's a great question and it's interesting because he said hey i'm a defensive back and where we saw most of the time was as a safety he did come up you know into the box in some some situations so i don't know quite honestly bobby if it's going to be that much different than it was in the past where or even last season where most of his snaps came as a defensive back. You know, I don't, maybe there won't be as many as, quote, a linebacker as there were previously, but I do think they want to take care, take, you know, you know, use his athletic ability to hopefully make plays, whether it's as a DB, maybe blitzing him a little bit more, you know, doing, doing, doing different things uh, with him. But, uh, you know, he talked about, you know, getting accustomed to the scheme. He feels confident uh, with it. 
You know, same with David Collins, who was used a lot on the outside as a pass rusher. I don't know if that means he'll be there exclusively, or is it, you know, perhaps sometimes more in run in rundown running game situations than in the pass rush. So I think we're going to see players used in a variety of ways, which will probably make it hard for all of us to say, okay, this is the scheme. Here's what they're doing, uh, because I think, and certainly that's the way a lot of teams. Uh, do it. Hey, they did it. They did it a lot under Vance Joseph. You know, moving guys around uh, depending on down and distance, and that that's really where where you figure out what they're doing. But you know, you're doing you're doing things differently on some of those different downs, and I think that's what we're going to see for the most part from this defense. The second most question regarding the Cardinals in the off season I've had is about Buda Baker. What's your take on the off season drama with him and? Is there a chance he will not be with the Cardinals at some point in 2023? I guess there's always a chance, and you never want to say never, never say never and dismiss things. I think that's a mistake that all of us make it sometimes thinking, oh, oh, we know how this is going to play out. But I, I don't think that will happen. I really believe and have confidence that they're going to figure out his contract uh, by the time training camp starts and get it done and out of the way, it doesn't mean he'll be the highest paid safety in the NFL. But right now, he's not significantly far from it. And you can you know, structure a deal that gives him more guaranteed money, adds a couple years onto the contract, and you know, ha- you know, has him happy, and maybe puts him at number two or number three in terms of safeties in the NFL. But you know, his, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, why isn't it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? Well. You know, contracts, you don't just snap your finger and do them, especially when you have an agent. His agent represents some of the other top safeties in the league, including Jamal Adams, who right now is the number one paid guy. And so I'm sure he came in saying, hey, we want to make more than Jamal Adams. And I don't think the Cardinals were of a mind to do that. But I, I do think there'll be a meeting of the minds by training camp. And I think one, one of the things that hasn't been talked about a lot, Bobby, is we all who watched Hard Knocks, remember, last year when there was that episode with his sister uh, in his home. I'm fairly certain his sister lives with him. And they were all discussing Mm -hmm. a lot of different things, but also what college she was going to go to. And Mm -hmm. it turned out she chose Arizona State. And so something tells me that that is also in Buda Baker's mind in terms of where he's going to end up playing, that he wants to be here and be here uh, for his sister. That doesn't mean that would preclude him going anywhere if things really got ugly, but I really think they're going to settle this. And I think it's a guy that management and, 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 and the coaches realize how important he is to this team right now and the culture they're trying to build and how important it is to have him as a player, as a leader on a team that obviously is going through a lot of change this year. And to have a guy like that as a, you know, as, as a picture, let's say, or, hey, here's here, all you guys. We, we take care of our players when they do what they're supposed to do. And I think that's an important message that the organization realizes needs to be sent uh, with Buda Baker. Talking Cardinals with Howard Balzer. Austin Fort and staff, they've stripped down the roster since the end of last season. They seem to be starting over. Is, is that an accurate assessment by me? And is, is that the right approach? Well, you know, I think certainly whatever, you know, Jonathan Gannon earlier in the offseason was asked about rebuilding, and he says, I cringe at that word. 
well, call it what we will, rebuilding, retooling, refurbishing. I, I don't think it's certainly not totally starting over uh, because there are certainly, you know, you know, a certain number of guys that were here that they feel are important to be part of this team. But there's no question that the team that goes that, that takes the field for week one is going in a lot of different ways is going to be a lot different than the team that took the field last year. But there is a mix there. Now, there's no question uh, that there's a mix of top players. I mean, hey, you still have as we, all the guys we've been talking about. You still have Kyler Murray. You still have James Conner. You still have guys on the offensive line. You still have Zach Ertz, presumably, coming back. You know, defense, maybe not as many guys, but there are still some that, uh, you know, like, like David Collins, Jalen Thompson, Butt Baker, you know, Isaiah Simmons, uh, you know, Rashard Lawrence, I think, is a guy that is important to this team, but he can never stay healthy. But anyway, bottom line is they do have a, you know, a decent number of guys that are coming back. And so they're trying to mix them all together and, and create a pretty good team. But, you know, there's no question that their, their strategy in the offseason was not to spend big money on guys. That, you know, most of the guys they signed didn't get very much guaranteed money. Nobody signed more than a two-year contract. And just get a, bring a lot of hungry guys in, have cap space for next year, have extra draft picks for next year, and to continue this building uh, through this year. And what you hope for, really, is that they improve as the season goes on. Who knows if that'll happen, but that's what you're looking to really try to accomplish. And maybe we'll all see, be surprised. I'm not betting on it, but who knows? Maybe this team will surprise us in terms of what they accomplish. Again, once again, provided that most of the guys they're counting on do stay healthy, which anyone with eyes could see was not the case uh, last season. Okay, last up, is is it too early to ask about training camp battles? No, I, no, I, don't, think it's, I don't think it's early. I don't think it's too early at all. And there are some you know, pretty good battles. Who will be the center? Uh, who will be the left guard? You know, the, the backup running back to, to James Conner. I mean, right now they look to be Keontae Ingram and, and Corey Clement. There's been talk maybe they'll bring in you know, someone else to that group. They only have five running backs under contract. There's certainly going to be competition at wide receiver. Yes, you have the three guys coming back, but Zach Pascal and, as I mentioned earlier, Michael Wilson want, you know, want to have something to say about that. Defensive line, definitely competition. Cornerback, you know, definitely uh, some competition. One hope is that Garrett Williams, the third-round pick, who didn't do anything during the OTAs in minicamp, because he had the ACL last season, will be ready. We don't know when he's going to be ready. But, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's a bunch of battles uh, on this team, and we'll, you know, we'll see how it all plays out when they, re, when they report uh, at the end of July at the State Farm Stadium. Thanks, Howard. Always appreciate the time, and uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. Sounds good, Bobby. Take care. Howard Balzer covers the Cardinals for phnx.com and